Hey everyone, welcome to So You Want to Be in Ministry. I am so glad to have you here today. My name is Tim. I am incredibly passionate about the church and those that would lead within the church, those that are, ha that are having a desire to lead within the church, and those that have a desire to follow godly leaders, which is why I started this podcast. And it, this podcast is all about educating you if you're thinking about jumping into ministry, equipping you if you're already in ministry, and then encouraging you if you're considering jumping out of ministry. And then I also want to empower you if you are somebody that uh, really doesn't have a desire to jump into full-time vocational ministry, but you want to follow godly leaders well, I want to empower you to know what that looks like and to follow godly leaders that you are hearing and seeing through this podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to the episodes that we have coming up, and I look forward to today's episode. So let's jump into it. Well, today we get a real treat. We get to talk to Travis Bowman. I, I want to start a series to start this year off in 2024, and I'm calling this series Planning a Weekend. And the whole idea behind it is just how do you go through planning a weekend, like any given weekend service? Where does it start? What do you need to navigate throughout the week to get to the landing place? I want you to hear this. Uh, there's churches that do a lot more than what we do as a church. There's churches that can't do as much as we do. It's just, it's going to be flexible depending on how many staff you have, how many people you have, how many volunteers and leaders you have that are just willing to jump in and do this or have the skills to do this. And so I want you to hear this. In each episode, there's going to be things that you could do today, immediately, no matter what your size is, no matter how many staff you have, no matter how, no matter how many hours in the day you have. You can pass some of these things off, and every church can do some of these things. And then there's other things that you're going to do, like that you can shoot for them to get to at some point. Uh, I want you to hear this. Like my campus, our church, we haven't always been at this point. We had to grow there. We had to uh, um, develop there. We had to learn how to use different softwares. And there's all kinds of things. We had to learn things. We had, we had to educate ourselves. We had to grow to those places uh, personally and even as a church. So hear this, like don't hear what we're doing and be like, well, I'll never be able to do that. Take the principles that you can apply and apply them. And today we get to talk to Travis Bowman. He is our worship leader. He is specifically on our broadcast campus in our Edwardsville location. Um, but he has been doing this. He's worked directly with me. Uh, he, I was his supervisor for like four, maybe five years. And then we've worked alongside of each other for a total of seven years. He came right out of college, right into serving uh, underneath me at, at my campus. It has been an absolute pleasure to watch him grow and mature in his leadership, in his uh, worship leading, and in his relationship with Jesus Christ. I truly have seen him come from like a single young man to a married and uh, husband, father, and, and a mature leader that I'm excited as a part of our church and leading others. And so let's get into this interview with Travis and hear about how to plan the worship side of a weekend. Well, hey, Travis, glad to have you on the podcast today. Uh, glad we can make this thing work, man. Yeah, excited to be a part of it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, so we've worked together for like seven years. Yep. Yeah, we're approaching a decade here, man. So yeah. I, I've gotten to be your supervisor, and now we're much more like, I guess, equals or similar playing field where we're, we're co-laborers working together, accomplishing the same thing on a similar like leadership level, which is kind of cool to see that you've made that jump. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, just a different world. 
uh, going from, you know, one, one level of leadership to another, but it's been fun to see what God's been able to do with it. Yeah. I think it's fun to see people grow to, and, and see that happen in their lives, which brings us to the conversation we're going to have today, because, uh, you have grown in leadership to the point where, uh, you oversee our worship department here at Metro. And, uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to, uh, bring people into how we plan a weekend in our church. Everybody's going to have different ways that they do it, but I do think there's some similar uh, aspects that you just have to walk through. Like if you want to get to the same place within a church context of worshiping Jesus, you kind of have to do similar things. And so I wanted to ask some of the questions of this, how we get there. And then obviously anybody watching, listening, uh, can take little nuggets of that that would help them and be beneficial, and then include it into how they get there. Um, but that being said, what is our goal? Like, what is the goal of our worship department to accomplish every single week when we get into a church service? Yeah, so we actually have some terminology we use when uh, when we talk about worship. We talk about um, uh, we want to have uh, opportunities for people to engage with God um, in a transcendent way, in a in a way that's going to um, uh, be different than anything else they can get, um, uh, anywhere else. Cause the, and, and the reality is in this day and age, you can get, um, uh, entertainment anywhere, uh, via, you know, YouTube or Spotify or anywhere else. You're going to be able to get that anywhere else, um, way better than anything we could ever hope to provide. Um, you know, you've got, you know, Maverick city's got albums out there. Hillsong's got albums out there. And that's going to sound so much better than anything we can provide. Um, but one thing that we have the ability to uh, to offer and, and our desire and our heartbeat is to offer um, is true, authentic, uh, transcendent moments with God. And so one of the things we try and we, we are desiring to see happen week in and week out is for uh, there to be these, uh, we call them doorways. Um, and what a doorway is, is as you're kind of going down, you think about uh, a, a church service being, um, kind of like a, a journey, a walk down a hallway, as it would be. And throughout that hallway, there are different doorways um, that are there. And those doorways on the other side of every single doorway is God. And God is standing there waiting for you to be able to step through that doorway and engage with him. And our desire and our hope is for us to be able to create those doorways, um, those moments for people to make the decision to walk through and have an interaction with God. Yeah, I like that because you can't make somebody interact with God, but you can keep providing multiple opportunities as they walk down the yep, hallway absolutely. Uh, yeah. and, and go, hey, here's another one. Hey, here's another one. Hey, yep. like, feel free anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's really cool. So let's let's start like at the very beginning of a week or a month or a series or something along that lines. And uh, what how do how do you prepare? Like so just to give people an overview, because this will be kind of the first in this series of planning a service, uh, we do message series. They tend to be like somewhere between three and six weeks generally, uh, where we we will focus on a topic, but we will walk through books of the Bible. Like I know we're doing that this year. We'll do different aspects of that, but that's how you guys kind of get set up. You find out, okay, we're going to do this. When you get that information, where do you go from there? Like what are some of the meetings and preparations that you do? Yeah, so um, kind of our, our beginning process, we, we start with our team first. So we start with the scheduling of our team. We, um, I, I typically, on a regularly scheduled basis, I have my team scheduled out at least a month in advance. Um, so like, you know, for uh, January 1st, I will send out 
So uh, I will send out the entire month of February's schedule. Um, so the team knows when they're up that allows them to be able to be flexible and know when they're going to be up and allows me to be flexible um, with our team to say, hey, if this person can't do this week, I've got time to be able to adjust the schedule if needed. So that's kind of my starting spot is to work with our team and figure out when they're going to serve, who's going to be up on a week to week basis. From there, we kind of move into the process of getting our uh, our worship sets together, our worship um, uh, services. Uh, and we really kind of start that um, about two months out as well. Um, and we start that process kind of just going through what songs we already have um, in our rotation. And we say, hey, how is this song doing? Are people engaging with this song? Um, and we go through every single song and we, we talk about them. And we kind of put them on a scale um, of one to 10. So one is kind of like, yeah, it's, it's doing terribly. Nobody's even like they're falling asleep during this song. Um, 10 is like, it, they're just going nuts. Like every person in the room is shouting, screaming, you know, going crazy with this song, singing along, clapping hands, raising hands, whatever it is, you know, they're engaging in worship in a physical nature and a spiritual nature um, uh, on a week to week basis. So we rank each and every one of those songs that we have in our current rotation. Hey, how, look, how many yeah. songs you generally have in a rotation at any given time? So we typically try to stay anywhere between 20 to 30 um, on a regular rotation. Now we do have songs that we, we term them back pocket, which is these are songs that have done well, um, uh, but they're not currently in our rotation. And so if there is a specific need on a week to week basis or in a service that we think fits really, really well, we can go back and we can grab that song um, and say, hey, this song is, and our and our team knows about those songs. They're able to um, you know, they're not completely lost. Now, we typically don't leave those songs in the back pocket for more than typically about six months to a year. Um, uh, if they go beyond that, we move them to what we call a gold status, uh, meaning these are like these are the songs that are doing the absolute best and have been doing really well for a long time. Um, and so we want our people to be able to we want to be able to pull those back from time to time uh, when the moment calls for it. Yeah. And so, so those gold standard are basically like these are the Metro songs. Like if, yeah. we, if we break it out, our people are just like, yes, again. Like, okay. yes. Yeah. Yes. <coughs> so yeah. what is, what is the purpose of keep limiting it or having back pocket songs? Like uh, why do you, I guess it would be limiting the amount in a positive way, but why do you do that? Yeah. So part of the, part of our purpose inside of that is, um, is really twofold. It's one for um, our team to be able to consistently stay, um prepared and know the song so if there's a moment that we decide hey we're gonna we, we need to make an adjustment and we feel like this song fits really well because we don't have such a massive library of songs um they they typically know the songs that we have and it's a little bit easier for them to be able to slot a song in um, that's going to work well okay. um the other reason is for our congregation um the the easier it is for us to the, the smaller the list the easier it is for people to be able to engage on a week-to-week -week basis so if you know if, if our library was 100 songs that means more often than not a song if we decide we're going to use every song once that means more than likely you're going to have a song play once maybe twice a year um as opposed to when you shrink that list down it allows us to uh play the songs a little more frequently people get familiar with them um, and they're able to engage with them a little bit better. Yeah, that's good. All right, what what other meetings? I know I jumped in there, but no, uh, you're good. I just I, I I knew those, and I wanted. I think it's. I've been in a few churches. I don't know that we've 
had reasons why we've done things at previous churches. And so I wanted people to hear reasons why we've done some of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like for me, I think that's, that's one of the beautiful things about, about our church and about what we do is I, I, I honestly cannot think of anything that I would look at and say, we don't have a reason for why we do that. Yeah. Um, everything that we do is intentional and thought through. And really that's probably one of the most important things inside of ministry is like, if you're looking at, uh, if you're looking at, you know, doing ministry, having a purpose and a reason behind why you do everything that you do is massively important because it shows that there's intentionality there. And it's not just like, we're just throwing something against the wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. And sometimes that could be a reason. It just can't stay. That can't stay the reason. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, what so what other what other things do you do to to like prep and and prepare the team and all that stuff? Yeah. So, kind of after we after we move in uh, through you know looking at our current songs, we we kind of spend and we we're we're typically looking for new songs throughout throughout the year and every single week. But after we've kind of looked at our our current songs, we'll look at our current songs and say, okay, how are our fast songs doing? Our mid songs, slow song? Like, do we have enough of each? Or are we are we trying to, because we want to be able to have um, a good uh, assortment of songs to be able to select from to build sets out and build effective sets. Because um, it's a lot harder to build uh, sets when you have 25 slow songs and no fast songs or mid songs or anything like that. So we try to keep a decent rotation of <clears throat> of each, uh, you know, uh, speed and energy level of songs, I guess is the best phrase for that. But uh, so we'll look at that and say, okay, um, we, we're not doing so great in our mid songs. Uh, and, you know, most worship leaders will say fast songs are the hardest place to find songs. That is the <laughs> hardest place. And so we are constantly looking for fast songs uh, that, that we think can engage well. And so we'll look at, you know, how are, our, how are those different energy levels doing? And then we'll spend some intentional time over the next week or two looking for new songs. And we'll bring them into the meeting and we'll say, hey, um, this is a song that we feel like can do well. Um, and then after we have said, Hey, this is like one person will bring that in and say, Hey, I think this song will do well. The entire team at that point, the worship team, the worship department will take a week and we'll listen through those, that list of songs. Um, and we'll say, how do we, uh, as, as myself, I think this song will do well. That's when I bring the song in. And then the team will look at it and say, the team says, Hey, how do, how do we think this song will do? Um, and we'll rank those songs and we'll come back and we'll, we'll discuss, um, you know, which ones we felt like are going to do the best. Okay. And then from there, we'll select that song. And, and that, that point, it kind of joins our rotation of, uh, songs. Um, what, yeah. what <clears throat> determines if a song's even allowed to be on that list? Yeah. I mean, so the, the very first thing is, uh, is theology. Is it, is it theologically accurate? That is, that is the first, um, and most important thing that we look at. Does it line up with the Bible? Um, that's, that's the first and foremost thing. The second thing, uh, there's, there's really kind of like three things we look at is, um, the, the theology of it, um, the singability of it. Um, that's a big piece too, is can people actually sing this song or is it something that's going to be really challenging for them to be able to keep up with? Um, typically the, the, the faster the lyrics, the more challenging it is for people to sing. And so if it is something that's, you know, uh, uh, faster or has a huge vocal range on it chances are we may even it may, it may be an incredibly powerful song but if it's something that's challenging for our people to sing it's probably not making it through because of that level um, we want our people to engage with the songs on a um 
it's one thing to engage with it by listening to it in a worship setting though we want them to engage with it by singing and and uh being able to use those the, those songs to be able to worship god and so singability is one um and then overall you know musicality of it is it something that is going to people are going to enjoy hearing and enjoy singing to um is it is it does it have a, a good hook we, we call it um that that you know that intro line or that chorus uh that chorus line is it something that you know, when you walk out of church that day, are you still singing it in your head? Yeah. Um, so we're looking for those types of songs. Uh, there's be been, to... there has been, you know this, but there's been moments yeah. for me where I'm like, I don't know if I like this song. And then we do it for the <laughs> first time and I'm humming it on the way home. And I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe I like it more than I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's that, that's that uh, level that we look at. We want, we want those songs to be ones that people can sing to and pick up quickly and to be able to uh, like and enjoy hearing. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of the level we look at for, for what songs we bring in. Real quick. You, so you said worship team. So it seems like you guys meet every week as a worship mm -hmm. team. Yep. Every week. So for our church, who's in this meeting uh you can keep it generic like obviously don't sure. don't give me specific names but yeah uh and then if it was another church that maybe doesn't have a full-blown worship department who would you like if you if that was you who would you include into that yeah so for us um it's uh, all, uh our worship leaders that are on staff um we also have our director of operations who kind of oversees the entire creative department um so he's a part of that and then we do bring in um, you know, uh, someone else, a different couple, couple different people just to have different perspectives of people that aren't hearing those songs literally every single day and every single week. Uh, we try to bring in some different fresh perspectives. Um, uh, so that's how we do it. It honestly, though, if I was outside of Metro and it was just me kind of doing my own thing, like kind of in a worship world, didn't have a bunch of extra worship leaders. I would honestly, I would, I would go to, um, a couple of different people. I would go to some of my volunteers that may be, the uh you know my core people that serve uh pretty regularly or maybe higher higher level leaders um inside of our team um uh, i would potentially go to uh, our uh if there's a next gen person someone that potentially can help speak in the next generation see the, the things that um they're listening to they're hearing um uh i would i would talk to um i one one group that we've really enjoyed getting to connect with a little bit and having some input in is our small group leaders okay. um we've, we've had some that, that's actually been one really cool part and a part of our process too is uh we'll, we'll go to our small group leaders and talk to them about the life of the church and what's going on in their groups what's going on in their uh in their world um because they have a heartbeat on the church that you know we can't have it's just it's impossible for us to be able to know everything that's going on so we talk to our small group leaders the ones that are meeting with our people weekly the ones that are connecting with them and so those would be the people i would go to and say hey come in and come in and talk with us about worship stuff yeah i'm going to add in too because you brought up <clears throat> next gen which is awesome that we would have yeah. that thought to make sure that we're staying fresh with the younger generation and continually passing it off if you're listening, you may be thinking, well, what about the older generation? Remember, we talked about the gold songs. Like, we keep songs mm -hmm. around. We don't get rid of yep. them. We keep them yep. around. So we take care of them, too. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. Um, all right. So next phase. Like, so you got the songs and stuff. What happens after that? Yeah. So once we've kind of picked our songs, we've gotten that out, we'll we'll, uh, we'll sit down. And we, we kind of have a, a, um, a system that we use uh, in, in Google Sheets where we, we have, like, a spreadsheet um that has a, a lot of information in it um for us to to build off of effectively so the information we typically have in there we have um the previous month's 
um, worship sets. We have our current song list and where they kind of rank um, on the same sheet. We have um, uh, what series we're going into and kind of the topics we're talking about lined out right underneath um, the, the different weeks. Um, we also have uh, in, inside of those uh, conversations with our small group leaders that we've been having, we, we take notes on those and we put those notes, those things that are going on in the life of the church, we put those into that sheet as well um, for us to be able to reference and talk about. And then we, we also have a, a week where a uh, time inside of our meeting where we brainstorm different um, ideas of things that could we think could engage people in worship, different doorways that we talked about earlier, those different doorways. Um, we so we give put me those an, in the as well. Yeah, give me an example of what that would be. So sure, as they're having this meeting and they're like, okay, we need a doorway, what is one of those very practically in a service that might show up? Yeah, so one of the doorways, um, uh, there's a couple of different types that you can have. You can have some different musical types. You can have some different speaking types. You can have some different scriptural types, videos, things like that. But one that um, we, we used not too long ago um, uh, was we had a, uh, a moment where we did a song. And coming out of that uh, song, it tied really, really well um, to uh, the hymn, It Is Well. And uh, it, it, it was tying really, really well as well to the um, series that we were in. But it didn't really come from the brainstorm of the series. It came from the brainstorm of worship ideas um, that we were looking at. So those brainstorming those doorways, um, we looked at the song we were doing and we said, hey, this actually would flow really, really well into it as well. Um, so let's hang on to that and look for a moment to potentially use that. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about, well, we'll, we'll get that a little bit, but, um, you know, that, that was one of those doorways. And so we keep that in a list of those potential options. Um, and it, it it was a doorway. Uh, yeah, it was very obvious. (laughs) Absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was a powerful moment. It was like, you could just see the audience kind of go, yes, (laughs) it was pretty (laughs) cool. Almost like they had like, almost like they had been hoping to have that happen. Yeah. I mean, really cool. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so you got doorways talking through that, looking at the spreadsheet, keep, keep us going. Yeah. So, uh, once we have all the information in there, um, we take a week and, uh, on our own, our, and and the worship meeting, um, we plan, each of us plans worship sets for the entire month. Um, so each of us plans four worship sets and we fill out if it's a four week month, it's five week month, obviously we, you know, we do, we do five, but we all plan worship sets for the entire month. Um, and then we come back together and we discuss our worship sets. We present them and we say, Hey, here are the ideas that I had. Um, and, uh, we talk about them. And really kind of the biggest and most important part inside of that is, uh, is each of us comes in open-handed. Um, we do everything we can to not hold on to our ideas and say, Hey, this is my idea. And I need to, it needs to be this, um, uh, because ultimately that ends up leading to frustration and tension and things like that. Um, but, uh, we come in open-handed and we say, here are the ideas that I've got. Um, and we discuss what do we, what we, what do we think is the most powerful? What do we think is going to be the most effective, um, uh, in engaging our, our church in worship? Um, and a lot of times what ends up happening is that we'll take a piece from one person's worship set and a piece from another person's worship set, and we kind of mash them together. Um, and we find the most, the most powerful that way. Um, and we kind of build out our sets off of that. And then we'll go back and we'll look at and say, Hey, are there any songs that we missed off of our worship set list? That's like, Hey, this, this, uh, this song we haven't done in a while. 
Um, and if we don't do it, we may, we may lose it. Like people may forget about it and the, the engagement may be gone. So let's try to see if we can't slot it in. Um, but that's really kind of a last, last resort type piece, mm-hmm. um, is, is that level is just making sure we have everything in. Um, yeah, that's kind of, you know, how we build our sets and it's, I mean, it's been really, really effective so far for us. Very effective. Cause this has been going on for maybe a little over a year. Like you've yep. done elements of this for a long yeah. time, but this yeah. specific thing is maybe, maybe a year. And it, I mean, yes, I would say, yeah. cause we did, uh, if you want to check it out, it's one of the greatest worship message series. I think I've ever been a part of. It was our heart of worship series, metrocommunitychurch.com. There you go. Uh, yep plug it for everybody but uh go to the go to the archive or the on-demand stuff and go to heart of worship series and since that moment it was about a i don't know 16 months ago yep it's been much different like we had good worship it's been different (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely it has been and honestly a a lot of that came it was is kind of wild shortly after or shortly before that we had made the adjustment to doing more team oriented worship sets um before that and i like you know this would be something i'd say for for you know the smaller church that maybe has just a just the worship leader um anytime that you can bring multiple people into the process it helps it like i've been a part of the process where it was just me or it was just you know one worship leader one worship leader doing the worship sets and i've been a part of the process where it's a team doing it and by and large, there has not been a moment where I would say it was more effective to do it by myself. Um, it was always more effective to do it as a team because you've got more people bringing ideas. You've got more people that are seeing things. Uh, you know, uh, our, our, our lead pastor talks about this a lot is, you know, when you're sitting in a room, you can only ever see three walls at a time. You've got to have more people that can see more walls. Um, so having a team that can, that can, you know, maybe be looking in a different direction than you are is always going to be more effective than trying to do it by yourself. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I welcome it too. There's so many, we, we do the four walls thing a lot. Like we, we have created those elements a lot in our, in our world. All right. So you've got your team, you've equipped them, you've got your set. I, I I would even say this, uh, cause they may be asking, we do have boundaries, within yep. sets because we know that every every service is going to be is it 75 minutes is that yep. yep okay so you you and we know that the message is like 40 of it mm-hmm. so you have a limiter of 35 minutes how do you navigate some of that when you're building these sets yeah so uh typically we try to actually gun for about 70 to 71 minutes yep. um planned planned time um, and so, you know, we have the 40 minute message and we typically know that we need about uh, anywhere from three to five minutes for our welcome time, uh, welcome and wrap up time. So the, you know, right at the beginning and the end of the, uh, end of the service. Um, and so we typically plan our worship sets with the idea in mind that we have about 24 minutes, um, of, of worship time. Now there is a little bit of flexibility inside of that because we know our maximum time that we decide that we try to go for is about 75 minutes. And so we plan our services at 71, knowing that if something, if God's putting something on our hearts, that's just incredibly powerful and we need to go over a couple of minutes um, in our planning, we can do that because we have the flexibility to do it. Let, um, let's go there yeah. because sure. it, that is often a pushback on like, 
I have never been a part of a church that does the amount of preparation that we do for one weekend. Like, I mean, you yep. may you may be thinking like, oh, is this for Easter? No, this is every single week. <laughs> uh, we do this every single week. I have not been a part of a church that does that to this level. And yep. so you may be like, man, it sounds like you you just are so structured and mm. planned and prepared that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. But you just said we do actually plan for those moments. Could you flesh yep. that out a little bit? Yeah, so um, I actually, I actually have a uh, belief, and and Tim, you actually helped me, helped me, you know, come to the understanding of this belief. The Holy Spirit moves in the preparation just as much as He does in the moment, and so we we kind of land in a place of we we follow the Holy Spirit always, and not just in the moment, but inside of that as well, we do want to leave uh, space for the Holy Spirit to move in the moment as well. And so um, inside of our worship set planning, we typically try to factor in a couple of extra minutes inside of service, um, you know, anywhere from three to five to six, you know, minutes that we say, man, if the Holy Spirit's moving in this moment, we don't want to move on from it. Um, we can do that. We can stay. We can stay put um, and, and continue on in worship for, for a little while longer um, because we want to let the Holy Spirit move where, where he sees fit to move. Um, could you give us an example of a moment that may have happened within this? Yeah, actually. So, uh, we had a moment this weekend, um, where that happened. And so, uh, I was leading, um, uh, the song, something has to break. Uh, and it was the end of the worship set and it, it didn't happen in every service. It was only in the 1045 service that this happened in, but, uh, our people were just, they were in it and they were engaged in worship um, something about that 1045, maybe it's the extra hour of sleep or so that they get, I don't know. Uh, but it is, they uh, were, they were closer to partying for new years. That's, that's right. <laughs> exactly right. That's what it is. And so we, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, we had this moment and our people were engaged in worship and we said, you know, I, I, in the moment I made the call, I was like, we need to sit in this for a little bit longer. Um, and so we kind of sat there and, and we sang a little bit more. I, I, I did a couple little leading moments. Um, um, but man, it was, it was powerful because it wasn't something that we planned to do. Um, it was just in the moment we were seeing the spirit move, people were engaged in worship and we said, we want to sit inside of this. Um, and so we had our, our, um, uh, we call it our MD, our music director. He was, uh, he was on the keys, uh, this weekend and we all felt it. And so we sat there for a minute. I was, we had planned for me to pray, um, to move into the message. And I just, I didn't pray. Um, cause I felt that moment and our MD caught it and was like, Hey, we need to sit in this. And so he was giving us some different call outs and saying, Hey, we're going to, you know, build it up here. We're going to continue on. Um, and so we did, we sat in that for another two or three minutes and did a little bit extra worship time. Um, and just, you know, praising God during that time. And then we moved in after that, at the end of it, we felt it come down, um, and then moved into prayer. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So both, you can do both. Absolutely. You can do both. <laughs> And we the Holy Spirit moves always, not just in one time. Yeah, and we we do plan. We we literally plan for the Holy Spirit to do something. Yeah, like yeah, you can. It's an expectant. It, we yeah. expect the Holy Spirit to move, and so literally every week. <coughs> sorry, um, literally every week we factor in time for the Holy Spirit to move because we're expectant that He's going to show up and move. Yep. Yeah, which I think is cool. I I and. Once again, getting ridiculously planned and prepared allows extra time yeah. for
for that to happen rather than just going in and going, let's see what happens. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Yep. Um, so any other meetings that would happen on a worship team level throughout the week, uh, beyond what you've already said? Yeah. So typically we do have one other meeting that happens just on a, on a, um, preparation level. Um, we have, uh, I, I meet with our comms director and our production director um, after we finish up building our sets. And by this point, we're typically about a month out from the, the first service we planned. So again, looking at, you know, say January one, we finish uh, building our sets for the month of February, January one. Um, I'm meeting with our comms director and our production, our production director and saying, Hey guys, here are our sets for the month of February um uh here's our heartbeat behind them and it, what it does is it allows them to prepare um and to to you know build out lighting builds or media builds or you know if and sometimes we've actually had some moments where they where they've come back and they've said hey um that's awesome have you actually thought about this too that we think this could help too and they've been able to speak into that as well um so even taking it outside of just the worship department and allowing them, allowing other departments that that have hands on the worship service to speak into it as well um, has been cool. Um, so that's, that's really probably the only other meeting that um, really factors into the, the worship sets. We get, we do get some ideas and things, um, you know, talking about those doorways again. Um, we do have some ideas that typically come to us from our creative department, but that's not typically uh, stepping into the, the worship meeting. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So you've prepared for, uh, January 1, you've got February prepared. So let's just assume it's the week of that first week of February. Uh, what happens? Like, do you have a rehearsal leading into that week? Uh, what happens at that rehearsal? What happens in preparation of the actual Sunday service? Like, how, how do you lead up to actually accomplishing or, or stepping in and seeing it actually flesh out in flesh and bone in real life? And here we go. Yeah. So, uh, we, it actually kind of starts even a little bit before that, um, before the week of, um, throughout, once we get our, uh, sets built, we put them into planning center, um, and planning center is what we use to communicate to all of our teams. So that's where our schedule goes. That's where our services go. That's where any files that we need our team to be able to look at goes. Um, all, all of those things go to planning center. Um, it's a phenomenal tool allows us to, you know, do whatever we need to, as far as communication goes in one place. Um, and so, uh, it all goes there. And so once the sets are in the planning center, we're going through each song and making sure each song has an MP3 of that song for our team to be able to practice with a chord chart, um, for them to be able to practice with, um, for our vocalists. we actually have, uh, we call it our vocal parts breakdown, but basically, um, we break down each individual song and we say, Hey, this is who we want to sing in this spot. So like if it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we want a, the, the, vo the lead vocalist to sing only um, in verse one. And then in the chorus, we want the, uh, the alto part to join in, or whatever it looks like. So breaking down each individual song um, and, and making sure our vocalists know when they're singing and uh, at what part they're going to be singing, um, whether they're on the melody or the harmony, uh, whatever it may be. So we make sure that's on there. Um, and then uh, one of the other things new that we've been doing over the last probably... I don't know, eight, nine months. Um, as we've been going in, we've been taking each song and um, uh, finding, so we use, we use Ableton to build out our worship sets. 
And Ableton, Ableton, what it does is it, um, it, it tracks and it allows each individual part to be able to be turned up or turned down um, inside of a song. And so we put all the song, we put, um, we put all the tracks in together and we turn up um, each individual person's part uh, louder than the rest. So like if, if um, I'm making a track for the drums, I'm going to turn the drums track up higher than the rest of the music. So it allows the drummer to be able to listen in um, to their part specifically in the context of the entire song. Okay. Um, and so each song has that inside of there. Um, so we do it for drums, acoustic, bass, electric, all that kind of stuff. And it does take some time. Um, but one of the things we found is that uh, the preparation and, and, and the work to put in has massively benefited our team because it allows them to be more excellent in hearing their parts and be able to practice them well. Um, when you so, do yeah. that, does it like, so if, let's say we do it for a song, you, you talked about something has to break. So let's just yeah. assume that song when you, when you do that for a song and then you send it out the next time you do that song, does it leave? Like, do you have to do it again? Or does it like save it as the drums are up, the bass is up? Does it save yeah, it? Yeah. So yeah, it saves it. So um, okay. we, we, we typically attach that to the song itself okay. as opposed to the plan for that, yeah. for that weekend. So, um, and so anytime we bring it in, it's already ready. So there's front end work, but then yes. it's there for however long you use the song. Yeah. Yep. And it doesn't have to be redone every single time. Like yeah. it can just be, it, once it's in, once we bring in a new song and we put those files in there, it's ready to roll. Yeah. Um, and it just stays there. So, yep. So that's, uh, once all that stuff's in planning center, um, uh, we build out our Ableton files, which we talked about just a second ago. That's our tracks. That's what we kind of use to, um, to, to help fill out our stuff. It helps, um, our team stay on tempo. Um, it helps them know where they're at inside of the song. It gives different call outs, things like that throughout the, throughout the worship set. We build that out for the entire set. Um, and then we put that into planning center. And so throughout the weeks um, leading up to when they're serving, our teams be able to practice at home almost exactly like they're going to be doing the service on the weekend. Um, they're going to hear the same things that they're going to hear in their ears on the weekend. The only real thing that's a little bit different is that they're not going to hear, you know, Chandler Moore's voice singing. They're gonna hear. Uh, they're gonna hear us on the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know that, that's who they're singing. That's who. That's that's really the only difference there. Um, and so we put that in in there. Um, we try to typically stay about three four weeks out on that, um, so that they have uh, plenty of time to practice with it. And if we ever have to make an adjustment, because they've been practicing with it, if there's a small tweak or something that needs to happen, it's not like we're you know giving it to them the week of. Like there's been a couple of weeks where. Um, you know, a vocalist or something gets sick on uh, Thursday or Friday um, and we have to adjust a key for something, but because they've already been practicing the song, it's a lot easier for them to make one key adjustment um, uh, on Thursday or Friday than it is for them to get the worship set on Thursday or Friday and have to learn it all uh, on their own. So yeah. um, that's been a big piece. And then the, the other piece that we do is we have a talk through video that we do where um, uh, the worship leader that built the set will talk through the actual set and and tell them, hey, here's some things to look out for. Um, make sure that you're watching for this when you're practicing. And then we also get to share the heartbeat of why we picked the songs we did, how this ties into the, into the series that we're speaking on, um, all those different things. And so that's been a really cool thing too, to get to share our heartbeat behind it with our team. Yeah. So you're, you're letting the team know the doorways that you're trying to provide for people, which includes an entire team. So everyone leading on a stage 
has the has the opportunity to help usher people into doorways with God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And they know it, they know it weeks in advance. And so they're praying over it. They're practicing it. They're getting themselves ready, their hearts ready to lead those moments. And there's, yeah. there's an anticipation. I would say that's a, a massive switch that has happened is we walk into every weekend truly believing God is already moving and we're just going to yeah. see him move again. Yeah. Uh, rather than going, I wonder if God's going to move today. Yeah, we walk in going, okay, we already know he's doing it. How are we going to see him do it today? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there have been there have been numerous moments where like we plan out a moment, and like in the in the moment planning it out, you get those chills where you're like, holy cow, this is going to be nuts. And then you get to the rehearsal in the week, and it's like, holy cow, this is going to be like it just it just builds and builds. Like there's been some moments inside of a rehearsal where we go to practice a moment and like I'll kind of tease the team a little bit and I'll cut it off before we hit the moment. I'll be like, nope, <laughs> you know what's coming. And I want you to save that big moment of like that high energy for the weekend. Like I don't want you actually yeah. getting it now. You're Hang jerk. on to it. <laughs> I know they hate it. Every time I do it, they're like, I hate this. this I would too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah. I want to I speak to the tracks because sure. uh, yeah. I've been at smaller churches where we've had to walk through the track situation and, you know, do you do, do you not? We, I, we are a church of, you know, over a thousand. Uh, I don't, I don't think we've hit 2000 yet, but, um, we're a church of over a thousand. We have full worship teams almost every week. Like even at my location, we're a campus of a, a little over 200. Uh, we'll have five to six people on stage in worship every week. Uh, and we still use tracks. I yep. think it, I, I'm just going to speak for myself. It was a little bit weird at first for me. It was a little bit awkward, but I would I would say it's dramatically enhanced. Like you, I, you get through that initial weirdness, and then you get to a place where there's comfort, and it enhances everything that you're doing. And so, even if you're a smaller church, I don't care if you just have like an acoustic guitar or just a piano. I would at you can turn on and turn off every instrument. Yep. Yep. I would play with it because I think it would add value. It, it adds more value than you might think. Uh, yeah. And, and kind of speaking to it from like the, the musical side of it, it you, you look at, um, you know, uh, a song like, um, you know, glorious day uh, by passion. They, they have inside of that song, there's about 14 guitars that are playing at the, at the time. You're not going to be able to have that throughout the, throughout, you know, on stage on a weekend. And if you do, you probably you you already got all this figured out. Like that's not something that you're having to work through. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things we found is that you know you you may you may be able to have a full team, but it's really challenging to be able to match the musicality of the song that you're playing because they did it in a studio or they did it on a uh, on on like in a concert and they had these tracks that they recorded in a studio and put in. Um, and so what it allows you to do is it allows you to get a little closer to the the sound the sound of the original song um uh, a little bit better um and like you said it does you you do have the flexibility to be able to turn tracks on and off so like we never have our drum tracks on um on a weekend unless we you know unless we don't have a drummer and we we really feel like that song needs it um we'll, yeah, we'll turn would, it on that would probably be more my location than your but yeah 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 and so we typically never have those drum tracks on um, if we have a bass player, we don't have our bass tracks on. If we have a keys player, we don't have our keys uh, track on. All those different things. But in the event that something happens and we don't have a keys player, 
we still get to have our keys parts um, in there and because those are in that in that in the tracks I would um, even and say we always are intentional to, to kind of mix them into where you know it's not like holy cow I hear the piano and you're looking around for the piano we have yeah. other instruments playing to help fill it out so correct and and I do think uh, the other benefit that it's provided is uh, you guys as lead like your lead vocalist generally and a lot of times you're playing an instrument as well but if you click it on, it allows that you don't have the freedom to just lead yeah. and not worry about an instrument. So there are opportune moments where turning it on is beneficial to just free up your worship leader to just fo yeah. focus on leading worship rather than playing an instrument. Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, very practical moment in the side of that. The the lead line for gratitude is all from acoustic guitar, um, and I don't have the brain capacity to be able to play that lead line and sing the song at the same time. And so, yeah, like you said, it absolutely frees me up to be able to lead um, effectively um, and still have the song sound as close to the original as possible. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, what, what else do you do in preparation or rehearsal or whatever? Yeah. So moving into uh, the week of, we kind of get to our rehearsal time um, and at our rehearsal, um, we, we are very intentional with our terminology um, in that we don't call it practice. Okay. Um, it is not a Wednesday practice. It is Wednesday rehearsal because there's difference between practice and rehearsal. Practice is you're coming in and you're figuring out your parts. You're figuring out how to play the things you, that you have. Um, uh, rehearsal is you're coming in, you've, you spent the time at home on your own practicing, um, and we're in the moment figuring out how to do this as a team um, rather than each individual person trying to figure out how to do it on their own. Um, and so, you know, we're coming in and most everybody's got their stuff down. They know how to play their stuff. They know how to practice or they know how to play the songs. Um, and then if there is something that they hear, that's a little bit different, it allows for a small tweak to enhance it and make it better rather than having to wholesale learn the song, um, in the moment. Yeah. Um, and so we're very intentional with that terminology to call it rehearsal. And so at the rehearsal, um, we do, uh, we spend a couple minutes at the beginning of, the, the rehearsal getting uh, our in-ear mixes. And that's just kind of what we hear to be able to hear each other on such a big stage with a lot of stage noise and the speakers being out front, it just makes it a lot easier for us to be able to hear. So we use in-ear monitors. Um, some churches use uh, floor wedges. And so we spend that time kind of getting what we are gonna hear working properly and sounding what we need to, to be able to do our, our stuff effectively. So we do that first. Um, and then we move into uh, uh, rehearsing each individual song. And so um, if it's a, if we've got four songs, we do one song and then we stop. We'll talk about it, make sure everybody has what they need. If there were any spots that need to be tweaked, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, and then we'll go on to the next song. Um, and then we'll do the same thing. So all four songs, we're stopping in between, we're talking about it, making sure everybody has what they need ears wise um, and on a execution of the song level, we do that. And then at the end of that, uh, after we go through all of our songs, we'll uh, stop. We'll say, okay, let's talk through our transitions between songs, make sure that we know what's coming. If we, if, uh, if we have not already run them in the, in the front half. Um, and then we uh, go back to the very beginning of service and we basically run it like we would on a weekend. Um, we start and we go top to bottom. Um, uh, uh, if we have welcome music, we're playing through the welcome music. If we have wrap up music, we're playing the wrap up music. Um, we're playing through the transitions at the end of each song um, and doing the song as well. So we're, we're literally basically running our service top to bottom. Um, 
And then once we finish that, uh, we will um, spend some time in prayer um, over the service, um, over uh, each other. Um, we talked about we want to we, we always try to share. Um, I, I, I've been trying to say this a lot more recently is we talk about we want to be a praying church. And uh, if we're not praying for each other as a team, then we're not doing that effectively. And so we uh, are very intentional to spend some time in prayer over each other and over the church and over the service of what's coming up. Um, and just kind of getting our hearts right as we go into the rest of the weekend. Um, and then after rehearsal, um, I will get together with the um, uh, production director and our uh, comms director, who's kind of overseeing everything. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, and we'll talk about if there's anything we heard or saw that needs to be uh, addressed with a team member, because we really don't like to try to do um, uh, if there is something that somebody's messing up or struggling with, um, we don't like to try to do that in the moment um, because we don't like to embarrass people. We, that's, that's not what we want to do. Um, uh, we will take note of it. Um, and if we can address it very uh, kindly in the moment, we, we try to. Um, but if it's something that's just like, yeah, this is going to probably embarrass them, we'll talk about it, and then we'll go have an, uh, a conversation with them outside of that. Um, and one of the things that's been really beneficial inside of those conversations is we don't really have to do it off of, you know, I think this sounded bad or I, uh, I, I think I heard this. We've been able to, we, we record every single rehearsal, um, whether it's via video, like just setting up an iPhone or, you know, full, full scale, you know, recording it from the soundboard. Um, uh, we record every, every rehearsal. And so once we've taken our notes, we can actually go back to that spot that we were hearing with the team member that we're addressing it with and say, Hey, you hear this spot right here. That's a little bit different than what we're trying to go for. So let's talk through that. Let's work through that together. Um, and, and, um, you know, make sure that we get it to where we want it. Um, but we, but we have to spend that time on the out on outside of, you know, rehearsal to, to make sure we do it effectively. Um, yeah. And then, uh, from there, that's pretty much, uh, the preparation up until we actually get to the day of weekend. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know so, weekends, it, it looks similar to what you just said. Yep. Uh, so you go through, you, you do all the checking, ear monitor, mm -hmm. all that stuff, mm -hmm. and then you'll run through the whole service. Uh, is there other any, I know you guys do like a huddle. Talk about yes. the huddle time. Yeah. So uh, I love our huddle times. It's one of my favorite things uh, because it's kind of a time. So we, we, uh, in, in the worship world, there's always this like disconnect between worship and production. There's like, you know, there's that like they're in the booth or they're, you know, somewhere else and we're on stage. And there's like this, I, it's, I don't know, it's a weird dichotomy between the two of us where we just like, we're just separate. Um, and so I love the huddle because it, it gets rid of that. We all come, so the worship and production team, we all come together and we talk through service. Um, and we do, uh, we, we do all the details checks and make sure everybody knows what's coming, go through the order of it. Um, uh, and, and then we get to spend a little bit of time, uh, getting our hearts right. Um, literally day of we're, you know, an hour before service cause we're getting ready to run it. Um, and we, we, we take some very intentional time to get our hearts right. Um, and, uh, we, we do that in a couple different, like I, I've got a list of different things that I like to do. Um, to get our hearts right. But really kind of the biggest one is just spending some time in prayer 
um, either in groups or spread out on our own, or, you know, we've done some worship times, things like that, where it's just, you know, we're singing through a song together. Um, uh, one really, uh, fun one that we do uh, is we'll do a get to know you. Um, and then we'll spend some time in prayer with that person that you got to know, whether it's, you know, someone, someone from production or someone from worship, um, we do a little bit of, uh, that kind of stuff there too. And so those, those, those have been really fun times and we get to share wins. We get to share the things that are happening in the church, um, inside of our huddles. Um, we get to share, um, uh, things going on in life that are challenging. Um, but really like the, the goal inside of the huddle is to, um, transition us from the rest of the week and what's happening, uh, in our lives and our own personal lives to let's focus in and, and see what God's going to do this weekend. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I knew what you meant when you say get your hearts right. But just yeah. so if you're listening, it's not like, hey, we've been sinning and just who cares all right. week? And then it's right. like, oh, no, yeah. I'm about to lead worship. <laughs> I should yeah. probably make sure I'm good with God. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's that in that moment, it, we're trying to go, okay, we've had a week. We've been navigating it with God. This is we're about to enter into a different space, and we got to make sure we're ready to enter into this space because we're leading people into this space with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a good clarification. Yeah, that, that's uh, that that is absolutely our heartbeat. <laughs> so we're we're just we're focusing in on where we where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's kind of our huddle time. One one that um, and I, it, I I don't it, if it's okay with you, I just you know, I want to show you kind of what we did this past weekend. So. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, there's a book. My sister got it for me uh, for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, was it Chris? No, she got it for it was our uh, baby shower because we just had okay. a, a baby not too long ago. Um, yeah. And so uh, we uh, she got me this book and it's called Every Moment Holy, um, okay. and uh, it is liturgies for literally almost every moment you can think of in life that's just like okay. a mundane moment. Okay. Um, and so uh, I took our team through one this weekend, and it was it's funny because you hear the name of it and you're like that how what that doesn't make sense for this so it's called um, uh, a liturgy for the changing of a diaper, <laughs> and I as you as I just alluded to uh, I've been doing that a lot recently yeah, uh, yeah. and so this one uh, it, basically what it's talking about is um, you know you look at the changing of a diaper is kind of like just it's another thing you got to do to check off a list and to keep, make sure that the thing keeps moving forward. And like, he's healthy and he's not, you know, you're just sitting in a dirty diaper. It's just like, it's kind of like a mundane task. Um, it's a little thing. Um, but what this liturgy talks about is it says, uh, in, in, in the changing of a diaper, um, God still moves. God still uses that, um, for his gut, for his good and for his glory. Um, and that, um, it talks about, uh, the very, the very last thing is, um, God used this changing of a diaper, um, to, to establish grace and love inside of a heart, mm-hmm. set this upstream for the changing of a heart and then set that changing of a heart upstream for the changing of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that, it's that little thing, that little task that we may see as mundane that shows love and grace to this child, um, that may show them love and that they may be able to use that love for God's glory down the road to, uh, to see the world change. Um, and so we used that and we talked about, you know, serving on the weekend, what, what someone may be doing on the weekend, they may see as just a small piece, a small little thing. Um, 
you know, a bass player may see, oh, I'm just playing bass. It's not like I'm up leading or anything. But that little thing God may use to change someone's heart and ultimately someone's heart may change that can help change the world. Um, and so it's using all the little things. Someone in production that's pushing the space bar to advance the slides, uh, they may, God's going to use that to, uh, to, for his honor, for his glory, um, and ultimately hopefully see the world change. I know if they don't advance the slides that you'll hear plenty of hearts. Hundred percent, hundred. I love the I love the media person. They're yeah. my favorite person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, worship leader. They're they're <laughs> they're more critical than they may want to think. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. All right. So you have the worship service. You're you're doing all that. We kind of <laughs> we talked through a lot of the practicalities of just navigating sure. it and and things like that. Do you do anything following a service to kind of look back and go, did that do what we wanted it to do? Yes, absolutely. Every Monday um, uh, inside of our, uh, we call it our execution meeting, and it's basically just, you know, how do we execute the service, things like that. Um, every single week, excuse me, um, every single week we look back at our, uh, our the previous week's service, and we say, did this accomplish what we had it set out to do? Um, now, the important part inside of that is you have to have a reason and a purpose in why you did it to be able to actually assess whether or not it was effective. Yeah. If you're just doing stuff because you like the song, then yeah, you accomplished your goal because you did a song you liked. <laughs> but if your goal is to see people engage in worship that is authentic, um, uh, then you have an actual, you have a different uh, assessment of it in, in the post uh, uh, assessment. So uh, in execution meeting, we sit down and we talk about, was this effective? Um, and really kind of our model, our framework for that, um, is our, uh, transcendent framework, which I know you said you're going to be talking about that here soon, but yep. one of the biggest things that we look at, we have a couple of different tiers of things that we think are the most important for us to be able to see happen and for transcendence and for that, um, engaging, uh, service, that engaging worship to have happened. And, uh, the first top two that are most important, they're, they're the only two in tier one, uh, are was it biblical and was it authentic um if those two things didn't happen then we did not hit our goal um we did not uh hit the mark um and then we have uh quite a few underneath that um were there clear next steps for people to be able to take um was uh did, did was there a, a moment of prayer because ultimately we we want to in every service spend time talking to God. Like that's, I mean, that's a massive part of the Christian faith and, and, and what we do is spending time with God. And so yeah. was there a moment inside of uh, service where we spend time in prayer and talking to God? Um, um, uh, multiple different things through, uh, there as well. Those ones off the top of my head, but um, you know, those are our assessment tools. We have to have the assessment tools. We have to have a goal in mind to be able to truly assess whether or not it worked. Um, and then it allows us to, if it worked, we know that we're heading in a good direction and we can do slight adjustments if we need to, if there were little things that we didn't hit. Um, but if it was really far off, it allows us to course correct as well. But we have to have that goal in place first um, to be able to truly gun for what we're looking for. Yeah, I want people to hear that Like the, the main two items of assessment are not, did we play the song correctly? That's, yep. a, that's important. Sure. Yep. But if it was biblical and we were in an authentic moment and the song didn't quite land like we hoped, we still we still viewed it as a success. Yeah. Because it was authentic. Like people were in it, even though we messed up as a musician or as a vocalist or 
it was still authentic, it's still biblical. We we nailed it. Now we might need to clean up some other things, but we yep. absolutely got to the place we were trying to get to. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's critical because we're not going for perfection. We are going right. for, for moments with God. We're going for transcendent moments with God. And you can have that in your screw ups, which is Yep. That should be that should yeah. be encouraging to all of us. <laughs> freeing yeah. honestly like yeah. i and i can't tell you how many times i've had conversations with volunteers where they're like they're stressing over a part and i'm i, I look at them like listen i'm not looking for perfection yeah i'm looking for you to authentically worship in this moment yeah. and it it's like you can see the weight come off their shoulders where they're just like man that's so freeing like i can just worship and a lot of times what it does because they they end up doing the their part better because the stress is off. Like it's not stressful anymore. They're able to actually step into worship. And when they do that, the, the stress of I got to do this perfectly comes off and they do it more effectively um, than they would have if they were stressing about getting it perfect. Yep. I agree with yep. that. Let me check my notes real quick. Yeah. Make sure I got everything here. Did you, is, did you share all the software and programs that you use planning center online Ableton? Is there anything else that, people might want to check out that could equip them or help them? Sure. Yeah. Um, probably really the only other one. Um, uh, and this is kind of, we use this more on a um, collaboration spot. And so if you're collaborating with people, monday.com okay. um, is one that we use um, pretty regularly. Um, it allows me to keep track of the, the different things that are going on um, that I have to have meetings with people about. Um, it also allows me to uh, go through, um, a schedule with our team. So in our building of our Ableton's, like I talked about, we have deadlines for the different things that are happening. Um, I can set deadlines inside of that um, for our team to be able to hit. And then it allows me to keep track of, hey, are we hitting those things? Are we hitting the deadlines? Um, it, it allows me to put a checklist inside of there for our team to be able to make sure, hey, did we did I hit all my checklist items to make sure that this is, um, uh, we have all the resources we need for our team. Um, so yeah, Monday, Monday is one that we use a lot, um, has been effective. Um, yeah, planning center services, um, uh, really, and, and planning center services had a couple of different aspects to it. The media aspect, uh, that's kind of where we have our videos for, um, our talk throughs. Um, that's where we have our Ableton's is inside of media. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, those, those are pretty much the biggest ones that we use. Um, as far as communicating to our team and then keeping on track with our uh, process and all that. So, yeah. Cool. Any uh, any further thoughts or wisdom from you on uh, getting to a, a worship weekend service and planning for it? Yeah. Uh, so I would say probably my, my, my biggest nugget that I would, I would leave people with is um, uh, if you are not spending time in prayer over your service, uh, before as, as a worship leader, not just like not trying to lead your team in it, but like if you are not as a worship leader spending time in prayer over your service, um, uh, you're not going to be able to lead it effectively. Um, if you're not spending time with God over your service, you're not going to lead it effectively. And and then I would even double down on that. If you're not worshiping outside of the weekend service, you're not going to be an effective worship leader. Um, uh, it is it is way more challenging for you to step into something. Uh, to lead that you have not been doing already. I use, I use this, um, this story. Uh, I've used it a couple of times inside of our huddles. Um, but I was, it was actually while I was still at uh, uh, our, your campus uh, leading out there um, that 
uh, as I was the worship leader out there, there was a Sunday um, where we had, uh, it had frosted over that morning. Uh, my, my car was frosted over, my windshield was frosted over, and I couldn't see out of it. Uh, and I was like, well, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be late to get there to start, you know, getting everything set up. And uh, that's, that's my uh, struggle in, you know, time management. But nonetheless, uh, that's, uh, so I was looking at this windshield. I'm like, I can't, I cannot see out of this thing. Um, like I, and I don't have time to sit there and let it frost over and I don't have an ice scraper in my car. Um, so I've got, I've got to figure this thing out. So I was like, you know what? I have, I have made this drive to church so many times. Like I can, I can make it there. I had this like little hole where it just started to thaw out the windshield. Uh, and I was like, I think I can get there with that. Like I can, I can make it. I've done this plenty of times. I know where the turns are. I know where the, the different stop signs are. Um, and it's, you know, it's six in the morning. So nobody's, no, no, not many people are out on the road at that point in time. Uh, and so I was like, I think I can make it there. And so I made the drive over there. I made all the turns. The, the hole got a little bit bigger as we drove, as I drove, but not much. And so I, I drove all the way to church. Uh, couldn't really see where I was going, but I say all that. Um, I share that story because a lot of times worship leading is like that. If you have not been there, if you have not made that drive, if you have not worshiped and spent time in worship um, so often that you can get to worship without knowing where you're going, um, or it's not like, you know, it's not like second nature to step into worship, um, then you're not going to be able to lead effectively. Um, you need to have been spending so much time in worship outside of, you know, the weekend service that stepping into worship and leading worship on the weekend is like second nature. You can do it without actually knowing where you're going. You can do it without seeing, um, where you're going. And so that's, that is absolutely probably the most effective and most important piece of information or most important thing, encouragement I can leave, uh, anybody that's listening to this with. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All righty, man. Well, I appreciate you sharing all that with us. It's, uh, I, I think it's going to be really encouraging and equipping for people yeah. to, I hope so. Just know, you know, cause this is, this can be just even for the person sitting in the chair or in the pew and going like, I, I think it's helpful to go there's intentionality and there's thought process with probably at least to some level with every single church out there. And that it's not just, we're not just trying to throw it together. We, we, we take seriously the fact that we are about to collectively and collaboratively walk into the throne room of God together and worship as his people. And we want to be intentional about it. And uh, so I hope it's an encouragement. Yeah. Yeah, and the encouragement for for someone that may be looking for a process to yep. to say, hey, you know, I because our process works for us, and we've kind of refined it and been working on it for a while. But our process may not be the same one that works for you. Yep. And so finding your process um, that works best uh, is always going to be the most important thing. It's going to be different in Midwest Illinois than it is in West Coast, uh, probably yep. South, like it overseas yep. for sure. Um, yep. And so take the elements, like there's commonalities that you can just kind of go, we can take our version of that one. Take the commonalities and do where God, you know, do it to where God's leading you to have transcendent moments with God in your context. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Happy to do it. Yep. See you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. See you, okay. man. All right, bye. 
Travis does an amazing job. I, I know there was plenty of content there to learn. Take the principles that work for you in your context, in your church, and apply them. We can all grow a little bit. We can all learn from each other. If you have suggestions that maybe we could learn from something that you do at your church or that you've seen done, please comment. We, we want to learn. We want to be teachable. We want to grow many of the things that we've applied. We've seen aspects of that from other churches. We, we have not arrived. We want to learn. So feel free to comment back and help us understand maybe something that we've missed a little bit or that we could do better. We would, we would welcome that. Uh, thank you so much for checking this video out. As we continue this series on planning a weekend, we're going to look at the communication side and creativity and how to focus like everything through one common vision and model. And uh, we're going to look at a, a lot of different aspects, uh, even to the level of planning events, like bigger events on a weekend and, and guest experience and things like that. So make sure you're checking these out over the next few episodes. Looking forward to having you. And I'll see you next time.